When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. challenge ahead but one that I'm ready for, one that I want to take on, um, the staff as well. Looking forward to hopefully playing my part in realigning things. I know about the fans, that's for sure, and how precious this club is to them and showing them that we're ready to work and we're ready to give them what they want and certainly that starts with sweating the shirt, a bit of effort, a bit of feel and getting back to some of the basic principles of whatever the football club in my opinion has stood for for a long time. Tougher times at the moment but we want to bring back that feel, that, that, that good feel and all I can ask for is a bit of a breather, you know, because I know there's a lot going on at the minute. But at the end of the day, we need the fans. You know, we need unity. We need to be aligned from right the way through the ownership, right the way through me, right the way through the, the staff, into the team and out to the people. You know, the, the people's club, and I've always felt that way from a very young age about the club. And it's my chance to be a custodian of it and look after it and play my part. Hello Blues and welcome to the first anniversary edition of the Toffee Web Podcast. Our very first edition came in the aftermath of the appointment as manager of Frank Lampard a year ago and we begin our second year with a new man in the dugout with the arrival of Sean Dyche. There were three of us on the debut podcast but we're four strong today as I'm joined by Paul Trail, Al Bretland and I'm delighted to welcome back Paul McParlane. We'll offer our perspectives on another new managerial regime and discuss the team's prospects under his side of management react to Anthony Gordon's departure for Newcastle and mull over what might happen over the next few hours in the transfer market as the deadline approaches. Once again, Everton have left some potentially season and future-defining decisions to the last minute. Uh, We'll find out soon enough if they've left it too late. Last week, Adam, Andy and I tried to work out our feelings on Deitch versus Bielsa. So, Paul, um, I'll come to you first. You've had a weekend to digest the prospect of the Sean Deitch regime, even though Everton waited an eternity to announce would have been confirmed for two days. Uh, how are you feeling about it now? 
Well, one, we, we leave, you've actually appointed the manager. Two, we leave, there's not Sam Allardyce. And so <laughs> yeah. done, that, that's kind of two positives to start the process off. Yeah, I mean, hand on heart, I, I don't be else to, to take him the job, but I can understand why, given the situation that we're in at the moment, they have to go for a more practical solution. Uh, yeah, okay, I mean, Sean Dyche is probably in the kind of a spectrum of managers we can attract at the moment. So I think, you know, he, he he brings it brings a, a certain brand of football to Everton, which actually might be what the club might be able to utilise to good effect to get them out of their struggles in at the moment. Um, I've been heartened today by some of the pictures I've seen from training with with people doubled up, gasping <laughs> yes. for breath. That 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 was really that was quite reassuring to behold because I think I think fitness you know, uh, certainly has been a, a big concern for Everton as well, um, and. I suppose there's, there's, you know, there's a number of ways of, of looking at this, but um, one thing I'm quite confident about is that he will improve the performance of the current the current squad, which is I think you know, it's, it's certainly un- underperformed since day one this season, and I think as well you're going to see a lot more effort and determination. And one thing we've been lacking all season is resilience. Once we can see the goal, you can, you can more or less assume that we're not going to come back from that. So I'm sure that's going to be one of his priorities as well. Um, he's saying all the right things at the moment. Um, and, I, and I don't know what the feeling is of other members on the pod. Uh, as I say, ideally, Bielsa would have been a superb choice. I love the idea of taking over the under-21s. You know, that, 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 that yeah. was just a, it, It's good to see a manager coming and thing saying, look, I can't do anything for the first team. They're so bad. I tell you what, I'll start off with the 21s <laughs> instead and see how that goes. Which I thought you know, was a, a very, very uh, revolutionary way of, of dealing with that situation. But given where we are, given he, he's had that experience of Burnley for six, six seasons, so given he got Burnley into Europe, and it's a long time since we got into Europe. Uh, so I think all th- on the balance uh, of where we are and what we need, he's probably the right fit for the job at the moment. I hope those words don't come back to haunt me. I quite like the guy, Sean. I, uh, I, I, I've always quite liked the way he handles himself, Sean, uh, Sean Dyche. Um, he can be a bit wacky at times, can't he? But I, I just like the way he sort of... <laughs> uh, he seems like a good follower. He seems like a good fit, as, as Paul said. He, he, has, he has kind of said all the right things today in the interviews. Uh, but he just seems... He says the sensible things, doesn't he? He's not. You know, you're not gonna, I don't think you're going to hear anything like a bit out of whack with uh, with Sean and the way the, the way he handles himself has always been been quite quite good. You could argue the style of football hasn't, but I mean, we've seen Burnley come and come and pass us off the park at Goodison before, haven't we? And uh, and, and come away with a win, which might not have been too hard over the last few years, to be fair. But um, <laughs> it's yeah, he, he comes across pretty sincere. He's got a calm head. I think he'll. Um, it's it's. Probably an advantage, I would have thought, that there's some a few players in the squad who who know how he works and can probably feed into the the squad what to expect, and they'll soon learn. I think you're right, Paul. The fitness there's been a, there's a few occasions that's probably probably fixed in. Yeah, the Wolves game particularly stood out as players just didn't look fit in the last few minutes when Wolves went and galloped down the pitch and scored, and a few other instances when you can think they just really look really really on the on the ropes at times. And uh, yeah, it's a tough ask to get them super fit in time for Saturday when they play Arsenal but um, yeah hopefully over time over the next few weeks you can get them uh, get them sharp and get them disciplined and get them drilled and I'm suddenly looking forward to Saturday um, looking forward to hopefully seeing remember what it used to be like I guess I'm harping back a little bit and it used to be like under David Moyes when you'd play a big team and you'd yeah, know they'd yeah. be getting stuck into it and it didn't mm-hmm. get the crowd up and I think Dyche similarly can well know to play on that and it, it makes you wonder why other managers haven't 
made the, uh, utilize the Goodison crowd more, even though it goes against their principles a little bit. I don't think it has to change too much. It's like, get stuck into them. I think Al said after the, you know, after the Wolves game, why didn't you just you know, get into them early? You know, and, yeah. and you know, that doesn't have to sacrifice your style too much. And why other managers over the last year haven't done that? I don't know. But yeah, Dice should be up for that. And hopefully looking forward to seeing, hopefully winning that first tackle on Saturday and getting the crowd up. And uh, yeah, it could be, you know, you, you just never know. So yeah, suddenly looking forward to it. And um, yeah, I think it's the right choice. Um, Bielsa, it just all seemed, I don't know, it just all felt a bit mad to me, or the whole, <laughs> the, the, the idea of that. Yeah, given a, given a few seasons to work with, maybe could have been could have been onto something good. I, I still worry that the way Leeds dropped off so dramatically, to be honest, under Bielsa. I know they had a lot of injuries uh, last season, and that really affected them. But by the end, they were all saying, he's just trained us too hard. It's, you know, the, the players are absolutely burnt out, and there's only there was one way, and there were all the sort of things you were hearing, and they were going into free fall. Under Leeds last season, um, at least it's like under Bielsa at least last season. So, yeah, you know, a bit of an alarm bell there um, for me. So, I think the right choice, Sean, and maybe a choice that should have been there a couple of years ago, if we're if we're honest in hindsight. Yeah, I, th- I think the two words that stick out for me from both Pauls there are practical and sensible. I, th- I think this mm-hmm. feels like a a good fit for Everton, where where we are, where we're at. Obviously, there's a bit of a circus around the club at the moment, and I feel like Sean Dyche coming in just settles that all down. I feel like we'll just get back to the football. I hope because he is a, you know, he's very straight talking, he's very down the line, um, and I think that's what we where what we really need. And I think while you know you could argue that Frank Lampard had the right personality for the club, I think Sean Dyche has the right personality for the job. I think as a manager to to lead the club forward, and I think he said a nice thing today that you know it, it's very easy for a captain to come and to come and take hold of the ship in calm waters. You know, he was saying that, you know, it is a, it is a tough job, but he's, you know, he's up for the challenge. And I think it's what we need. I think it's, it's just the, the right appointment for where we're at. I feel like Bielsa was probably six years too late. I think Bielsa could have come in straight after Martinez and really revolutionised the club at the start of the Mishiri era. And who knows where Everton could be now, but I think with Bielsa, it was just probably the wrong time, as as the as the gents have said that really we just need somebody to come in, and it is it's just about about getting back to basics. And I think you know I think Sean Dyche has been at what was an unfashionable club in Burnley, and so I think he's been sort of pigeonholed into that Tony Pulis Sam Allardyce yeah. mould. But I think I think he's more I think he's got more about him than that, as as Paul said mm-hmm. that you know we've seen Burnley play us off the park, um, and I think the best thing about Dyche is he he takes the qualities of his players, even if they are average players, and he gets the best out of them. And I think where we are now, whereas two weeks ago I was petrified about the drop, I'm now a lot more confident because we've got somebody in the hot seat who's assured and has 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 proved himself before. You know, he, he's 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 done a he's had a very similar stint at Burnley as as Moyes did at Everton. Um mm-hmm. you know, really took charge of that club and I feel that although there is a director of football, although there is, you know, uncertainty in the boardroom in terms of how the processes work. I think Deitch is a strong character and I think he can work well in that situation. Um, so for me, I'm really pleased. I think he's the perfect man for the job. You, you know, he's not the, the dream candidate in people's heads when you think of the perfect manager, but in terms of where Everton are right now and where they need to be, I think he can really, you know, prove himself as well. And I don't think Sean Deitch it's hard to judge him because he was at Burnley so long. So I think this is the job now where 
he will be really judged in just in terms of his versatility, his adaptability. And, you know, as, as he's mentioned that, you know, the expectations will be far greater at Everton than they were at Burnley. Um, so I'm really eager to see how he gets on. Yeah, spot on. I agree with all of that. I don't think there'll be the same buzz as perhaps they would have been had it been Bielsa because there was just that whole that whole unpredictability of it. You didn't. I don't think we would have known what quite what to expect from Bielsa. You know, um, so you know. But the more I think about Bielsa, and I agree with 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 UL that 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 it just or and Paul as well that it just seems a bit mad and made didn't make quite as much sense for the urgency of our situation. Um, I mean, I guess you, I suppose you'd think any decent manager would be able to adapt to a given situation, but Bielsa is, is very unique in, in the way that he approaches it. He's very kind of niche, and it's basically he does it his way, and he's not going to deviate deviate from it. Um, yeah, and I agree. Had he come in quite you know a few years ago, the idea of someone like that rebuilding the club from the bottom up—it's kind of how Roberto Martinez, I think, envisaged doing it. You know, he he had the same idea of having the quarters on the training ground and having, you know, players stay there sometimes to kind of focus entirely on the football. Um, so yeah, we're we're Bielsa, you know, younger and we had more time. His kind of rip it up and start again approach would have been great. Um, but you know, as I said last week, we need results now. Um, so I think you know Daichen his focus on unity. Um, which I think we definitely need now, given I think there was obviously a breakdown in, in relations with you know Decore and Lampard and obviously Andrissa Gay, which probably sparked that whole you know whatever went on behind the closed scenes, uh, behind the behind the scenes. Um, you got apparently had Anthony Gordon being given some home truths by Connor Cody, um, you know. So I'm, I'm not sure Lampard was able to keep a lid on things. I think he was, was starting to lose control of the dressing room. Um, and certainly that performance at West Ham looked to me like a team that had, that was not, that had lost its way. I think someone like Daishu is honest and authentic, but firm in what he believes in um, and what he what he wants from his players could be just what we need. And as I said in the article that I wrote for the website, I think um, a lot of us feel that this group of players is better than 19th in the Premier League, even though we know we lack goals on the side. I think if if you can get the team back on an even keel, that just concentrating on the basics. You know, five yard pass to your team, you know, would 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 help. Um, and getting back to that kind of front foot foot front foot football that that Goodison responds to, I honestly believe that he can get us in the right direction. And L, I agree with you that I'm feeling a lot more confident now about us being able to sort of just scratch out the results that we need under someone like Dice than I would be under, you know, under under certain other managers. Um, and just I've, I've listened to the the high performance podcasts that uh, Sean Dice did with Jay Humphrey who incidentally has said some very complimentary things about Everton fans actually on the beginning of the one they just released yesterday. Um, and and I watched his masterclass video and his first interview with Everton TV. And, you know, as they say, I really like the cut of his jib. And what, what strikes me about him is he's, he's consistent through all of it. He's consistent about his, his philosophy, about his non-negotiables. Um, you know, he's just, he just seems to be very authentic, very consistent. And I think, a team in our situation that's struggling as badly as it is, that's exactly what they need. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree totally, Lyndon. I think, 
I think uh, both Paul and El uh, uh, referenced that, that, that game when Burnley uh, beat as good as part one. Another thing was a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember during that game looking at the touchline and Dyke just wore this bright white shirt. And every time he looked across the pitch, all you could see was him on the touchline with the white shirt. And I was like, if I'm a fan, I can see that. If you're a Burnley player, you'll look across it. You know, the manager's got his eye on me here. I, 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 I better start delivering. And you mentioned there, Linda, about the... Um, Cody telling Andy Gordon a few home truths. Well, maybe Sean Dyke's going to have to tell some of the players some home truths as well about yeah. you know, what the expectation, what the requirements are when you play for Everson. And uh, I think I thought Ellie made a really good point there about the difference between a, a person being suited for the job and a person being suited for the club. I think you're right. There's quite a distinction between the two. You can be popping for the fans but still not get the results that the team needs. And I think that's kind of where Lampard kind of ended up there. Everyone liked his approach, liked his manner, liked the way he brought into the ethos of the team, but didn't actually produce enough wins to make his position or the club safe and secure. So I think that's an important distinction as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, once again, we look forward to yes, another new era under yes, another Everson new manager. You know, it seems to be like a an annual occurrence this in January for Everson. Uh, but I, th- I think one thing is that this time last year we were all saying we can't be involved in another relegation struggle again. No, in twelve months hence from here, we cannot be in the same situation again because mm-hmm. you can only play Russian roulette with relegation so many times, and it will catch you up eventually. So it's a massive task for Sean Dyche. I'm just. I'm just really annoyed that, that the first home game is not at 3 o'clock on a Saturday kick-off. So I just don't think the atmosphere is as good at half 12 on a Saturday. Yeah. I think the crowd takes a while to get going. But I agree with you, Paul. I think the first tackle has got to really you know, take Bukayo Saka out. <laughs> Let's know we've got a defence it. It's like what Phil never did with Ronaldo under David mm-hmm. Moyes. Just something to ignite the crowd and get them on side from the, first, you know, from the kick-off. Yeah, I guess ordinarily the early kickoff it can it can be a little bit dull, but I think sometimes we've seen plenty as well, which which have been lively, and I think hopefully with just the new manager bounce and uh, with the new manager in there, and I think just the sheer importance of the game, hopefully it'll just like, be enough to get the crowd um, the crowd up for it. Um, one thing I'm just really relieved about now that with a new manager in, it's just it, it's finally a clean a clean slate. I've mentioned before, I'd like thanks. As far as I can tell, clearly at his favourites, and there was very, very, very little variation between, you know, whatever the result, who was going to play the next game. It was always the same formation, pretty much, but the, but the same eleven, unless there was a suspension or somebody was unavailable. So, and I've mentioned before about how there must be a lot of players in that squad there, very much feeling on the outer of just like, well, I'm not going to be involved regardless of what happens here. Hopefully, it's a nice clean slate here. Um, so, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what the starting eleven will be uh, come come Saturday. How, uh, what the defenders will be? Will he will he will he go to his um, the ones that he knows in Michael Keane and uh, and Tarkovsky? Perhaps he might. You know, it might 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 make sense for Sean to do that. I don't know. I'm just I'm just intrigued to see what happens with that. So, um, yeah, that that's a clean slate as. The most relieving thing for me was, boy, do we need it. I think we certainly need to, you know, that, that squad needs needs to believe that they've got a chance of playing. You know what I mean? And, and obviously a new manager um, gives, a lot, gives lads an opportunity there to do that. Um, in terms of sort of staying in the league, I mean, you're right, Lyndon. I don't think we're the 19th worst squad in that division. Um, you look through that team, there's a heck of a lot of experience in that team. And by that, I mean, decent players. who've played plenty of Premier League games to, to a good standard, you know? Um, so they really, they've really been underachieving massively, really, that so far. I mean, 
saying that, I don't think we're really any better than a mid-table team. But regardless, you know uh, what no, we yeah. got there, they're certainly certainly underachieving massively. We look at look at what some of the some of the teams that are above us. So um, yeah, difficult for for Daesh, for Sean, but a good opportunity too. I think with what he's got there, he probably realizes that there's a team that there's players there which aren't the aren't the 19th worst in the league. Hopefully there'll be some additions tomorrow to sort of boost that a little bit more. And boy, if you could if you could hit the ground running against uh, against Arsenal, then wow, that what a well, so in, in, in a way, it's kind of win-win, I suppose, unless we get an absolute hammering, which I don't think will happen. I, don't, you know, I mean, if Arsenal turn up and win, but we, we, as long as we do okay, it's like, oh, well, you know, that, was, that was encouraging. We did okay, and Arsenal, they're the best team in the league. But, you know, get a result, then, oh, well, could be, could be flying there. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's see how we go, and, uh, yeah, wish them all the best. Yeah, and just on the point about the, the starting eleven, I mean, I think... The two summer transfers that have probably struggled the most in Dwight McNeil and Neil Morpe. It'll be really interesting to see how Dyche can reinvigorate them because obviously before this summer, Dwight McNeil, you know, Sean Dyche was the only manager he knew, made a hundred Premier League appearances, so young. And it'll be very interesting to see if it was, you know, Sean Dyche's management and belief that he had in him that made him shine or whether it was, you know, just the environment he was in and Neil Morpe as well. You know, we know he's not a lone striker and I think maybe Sean Dyche's formation will, will suit Morpe to play up front with uh, Calvert-Lewin or Ella Sims or whoever it may be. So I think it, it, it it's good that while the summer uh, transfers, not all of them have like shone that brightly. It'll be good that, as you say, you know, a clean slate. It's just a bit of a reset on the season, really. Um, and I think I think the games that we've got Arsenal, Liverpool, Leeds, I think they're pretty perfect for us really because I think it it it's a big occasion from the off. You know, if if maybe you had like a Brentford at home or or somebody like that, it, it you know if if you don't get the result that you need, you know it it can go you know pessimistic quite quickly. Whereas with Arsenal, Liverpool, you know the sort of gimmies, aren't they? That you can you know Sean Dyche can really work on the team and try and be solid and try and try and nick a 1-0 or try and get a draw and then we can build from there. Obviously, the games will come thick and fast and they'll run out fast as well. But um, I just think it's set up quite nicely for for Goodison, you know, a perfect Goodison uh, match day with Deitch. So I'm, I'm really interested, you know, as Paul said, intrigued to see what the team will be because I think we've not seen the best from a lot of players. And I think, as Deitch has said, that's his job. And I think... I think he'll be successful in doing that and just getting a bit more from, from, from every player on the pitch. I agree. Yeah, I liked one thing, a couple of things that I did like, um, but he was talking about on one of these podcasts was how he kind of insisted on, ins- on insulating the squad from the outside world kind of thing, which I think is, again, something that we're going to need right now. He obviously alluded to the, uh, to the off-the-field issues in his, in his interview with Everton TV. We're obviously not going to be able to escape that on match day if there are protests in the stands and that kind of thing. But I think he's, you know, he's going to be a good one for kind of focusing the minds on the t- on the task at hand. Um, I've just seen a tweet come in from El Bobble saying that he's ordered um, the players they all have to wear shin pads and match socks um, or trousers for training sessions at Finch Farm. I guess before they were, you know, all playing in, in with bare legs and no shin pads. <laughs> And we wonder why players are getting injured. Um, but, but that's an aside. The other thing was that um, when he arrived at Burnley, he, he asked each of the players to um, put down in writing what they thought was wrong, what what was right, what was wrong, what had been going wrong. Because you know, he was obviously took over from Eddie Howe. 
and there was obviously a feeling among some of the players that they were far too open um, and a bit of a soft touch. And I think that <laughs> the, the parallels with Everton right now are striking. Um, so I think if he comes in and, and does a, and does a similar thing where he gets you know gets a one on one with each of those players and, and really finds out where the issues were. You can weed a lot of that, a lot of that stuff out that obviously wouldn't have happened had Lampard continued, because obviously that's just a continuation of the regime. So this idea of a clean slate and a fresh start for you know some of these other players we haven't mentioned, like Mason Holgate and Michael Keane, you know if they if they're still around after you know 11 p.m. tomorrow, which at the moment it looks like they will be, then there is there's an opportunity for everyone. You know it's it's, it's as as you said, Paul, there are no favourites right now. Everyone's got an opportunity to to have a go. Um, so, yeah, to, con- to con- continue the theme of um, squad harmony, that uh, takes us to uh, Anthony Gordon, which is the other big news of the weekend, uh, was his sale to Newcastle for a fee that could end up being as high as £45 million. I think given the noises back in the summer that he was quite keen on that move to Chelsea that never happened, uh, that kind of was reflected, I think, in, in his drop-off in form um, over this, the, the first half of the season. Um and so I think for me personally, it's a very good deal for us. Uh, certainly when you recall how much we lost out on Ross Barkley between that his initial move um, collapsing and then when he eventually went to Chelsea, I think it was what the difference between 35 million and 15 million. Um, I think that the club have done very well in this instance and might have even been a little bit lucky to still be getting as much as we did for Anthony Gordon. Um, so... Paul T, have Everton made a mistake in letting this future star go or was it the right time to cash in? Oh, no, they haven't made a mistake at all in, uh, in letting him go now. We've, um, we, we had to. The, mo- the, the money was too good, uh, certainly right now. Certainly the way I could... I think when that, if, if that amount, if that value did come in in the summer for that, for that sort of bid, um, I'd probably at the time be saying, no, no, because I was very optimistic that Lampard could build a team and left it, you know, if Frank wants to sort of keep him, then, you know, that's what, that's what we should do. We've got, if he, if he yeah. sees him as part of it, then I was all for that. But the way this, the way it's transpired um, with Anthony's performances this season, um, you think that money, and especially it's 40 million up front um, and it's an opportunity to, it's pure profit. And as, as far as I'm aware of the FFP rules, we can basically go and spend that as far as I'm aware. So the, so there's an opportunity to reinvest, we're going to have to do a quick smart, which something we're not very good at. But so I don't know uh, what, <laughs> what we'll what we'll end up doing with that money. But um, in the next uh, next twenty four hours, but um, no, it's a movie had to make. Um, I'm just a bit. I just find it all a bit sad, though. In, in that, like, um, it always feels to me anyway that the every sort of local player always just seems to leave under a cloud now, and it's just a bit sad. And you know, I, I think I, I, I was horrified to see the. You know what happened to Anthony coming out of the ground and he's driving off the other day, and I'm nearly twice his age, and I'd been absolutely terrified by that if somebody was sort of you know doing that to me when I'm driving my car. You know, I mean, so God knows what this 21 year old, 21 year old lad for. Yeah, he's been, you know, he hasn't been good. He's been petulant at times this season. He's he's picked up a lot of unnecessary yellow cards. It's been, there's been a bit of a sort of knock to his play, which we didn't really see last season, which hasn't been nice to see. But boy, have the fans turned on him, and it's been really sad. It just feels like it's always the way for local players. It just feels like another one who's going to come back and be getting booed and getting me called a rat. And for the young lad, you got to sort of bear in mind what you were like when you were 21. And you know what I mean, and yeah, certainly I did plenty of, fit, plenty of things I wish I hadn't when I was 21, you know. So it's, um, I think you've got to be a bit, 
Um, a bit forgiving, I suppose. And I'd like him to come back and get a round of applause. I think he's sincere when he says he's an Evertonian and he wishes as well. And that, and that should be it. But that's not the way it really works, unfortunately. So I'm sad the way that's happened. Um, and that's the way it'll transpire. But in terms of should we have um, should we have cashed in now, 100%, uh, it's the right thing to do. And uh, yeah, I just really hope that we're able to, to reinvest in some uh, some players which, uh, which Sean can work with in the next, uh, next day or so. Yeah, I've just been really surprised at how uh, the difference in him from the end of last season to the start of this. It was, you know, I can't profess to know to know the lad, but from interviews and just how he came across, it wasn't almost like he came back as a different player. It was like he came back as a different person, just in terms of he seemed really committed in the first season, worked really hard. And then all of a sudden, you know, I would never have had it down that, you know, a year on that he will be, he will, you know, purposely be missing training and things like that. Um, obviously, we don't know what's gone on at Finch Farm and the reasons for that. But I just didn't have him down as that sort of player. So that's that's the sad thing for me is that, it, as Paul mentioned, it's 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 turned sour. Um, I think you know, I think Blues would have wished him well if he, if he'd you know carried on playing and and just putting in those performances that he put in last year because I, I felt like. You know, he was one of the main the main players last season that worked really hard to keep Everton in the division, um, and it was just yeah. Obviously, like I say, I don't I don't know the guy, so I can't say what his personality is like. But I just thought it was like chalk and cheese in terms of his demeanour last year and, and and how he's been this year. So I think we were right to turn the money down in the summer. I know that's a, sort of not a popular opinion, but I just felt like. After losing Richarlison as well, we were dismantling the squad too much. So I think Everton have done right. The only thing I wish we could have done differently, and again, I don't know how much power Everton had in this, but knowing Chelsea wanted him in the summer, knowing Newcastle wanted him, I'd have been going to them at the end of the December and saying, look, we want to we want to do a deal here in the first week of January. Mm-hmm. you know. And even if I would have preferred, I think, I'd have preferred to get 30 million in the first week of January than 40 now, if that makes sense. Because I feel like that money is the make or break for our season and to only have a short amount of time to spend it is is worrying because, you know, I've not been in Premier League in the room when Premier League deals are brokered, but, you know, could we have said to clubs, look, we want to sign your player for 15 million, but we've got to wait for our money, you know, how would it work or have we had to just wait for that move to go through and then make all our moves now? So for me... The, the 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 issue with the move for me is just the timing of it. It's come far too late, and as we've all said, you know, Everton don't seem to learn their lessons. But it it would have been such a boost if he'd have gone in the first week of January, and then we'd have had a real run up to get you know three or four players in to really improve the team. Um, but yeah, I wish him well. I, 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 you know, I'm not a huge fan of how he's gone about the move. I don't know how how he's been advised. How much of that's him? How much that's the people around him. Uh, I think he could have moved in a in a much better way, but you know it is what it is. Um, and I think you know if things go right for him, I think he can have a a fine Premier League career. But at the same time, I could easily see him out on loan somewhere else in two years' time. You know, it's it's those sliding doors moments. So he's not guaranteed, and you just think a club like Newcastle they're going to keep spending, and so Anthony Gordon needs to be at the very top of his game to keep his place. Um, and that's if he goes straight into the team, even, even that's not for certain. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Paul. It's just very sad how it came to an end. I appreciate what he did last season. Um, this season wasn't the same player, but, you know, Everton have, have done well out of it. 
uh, yeah, I agree totally with what Elle and Paul have said there. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my kind of view is, yeah, it, financially it's the right decision because, you know, we, we can use, hopefully, and put that money to good effect. Uh, but with a tinge of regret as well, because I, I never like seeing young local prospects having to leave the club to progress their career elsewhere. You know, you kind of look back to that 4 0 win over Man City in Jan 17. We had a very skillful Tom Davis scored. We had Luckman scored, who's now the second top scored in Serie A. We had a, a, Calvert Lewin started to make a real impact on the game. And we, we've never really kicked on with the young players. It, you know, it, it's quite a source of frustration to me, which is why I quite like Bielsa's idea of working with the under-21s and bringing these young lads through so they come yeah. through with the team he thought already ingrained into their way of thinking. But, yeah, so quite frustrating from that point of view as well. And you, you look at other prospects. You mentioned Ross Barkley there. You know, uh, he, he had to leave. Franny Jeffers, another really good player. Yeah. And going back a little bit before that, Michael Branch, who was being touted as a future England centre forward, then they you know, end up spending his time behind bars. So it, it can be so so frustrating to see a good young local prospect failing. And uh, Paul, you mentioned you know, the relationship with the fans and the car being surrounded and things like that. As contrast that with the last season, when a few times when we'd lost to home, Andy Gold would stay behind and go over to the Gladys and speak to the fans and apologise for the performance. And you kind of wonder, how has that relationship deteriorated so quickly? Uh, and I kind of feel with Gordon this season, I thought the first two or three games he started off the way he finished last season. He's got a great goal at the Leeds United. Yeah. And then after that, his performance just seems to decline quite rapidly. Last season, he, he was singing Lampard's praises. Lampard was singing his praises. That relationship quite early on didn't quite see, seem to be the same because Lampard was publicly criticising him about getting the yellow card. So maybe that had an effect on his way of thinking about the club. I'm not quite sure. And somehow or other, that relationship, which is quite key, has broken down. I'm not sure what the reason is for that. But that, that's quite frustrating to see as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... He's still been playing well for the England under-21s, despite his problems with Everton as well, which is also you know, quite quite a source of frustration from an Evertonian point of view also. But I, I, I wish him well. I, I, I certainly wouldn't be one of those who's going to boo when he comes back because, like everybody else, there comes a stage in your career, no matter what age, when you think, you know what, it's my time I moved on here. Maybe there's a better offer of you know, X, Y, and Z down the road. And I guess as well, if you're going to move to a club you're looking at a club with a good manager, which I think Eddie Howe is, a club with strong financial backing, which Newcastle have, and with a passionate support, which Newcastle have as well. So you know, for so many reasons, I think for him, it's a good move. And I think, as El said, the question is whether he makes the grade there or not, because uh, you know, like like you said there, El, I could see a situation where maybe he, he could come back on loan, you know, if you really stand line, I don't know. And going back to the summer transfer thing as well, uh, you know, where I'm still the view that, if we if we'd sold Gordon rather than Richardson, I think we might be in a healthier situation now than what we are. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Unfortunately, we didn't have the. Uh, I suppose we didn't have the choice. One went before the other, didn't they? Um, but in terms of that relationship with Gordon, it, it's funny because we sort of talk about the, the relationship with the fans as if this 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 whole sort of monolithic entity that is the fans. I mean, you know those. I'd have to look at the video again, but if they're the same same fans that were that were kind of talking to to Yerry Mina in the street, then that chased uh, Gordon's car down down Goodison Road, they they're just kids, literally kids. Yeah. I mean, young yeah. teenagers, um, you know. So so, and who knows if they were even in the ground to to watch that particular game. So they kind of got lumped in with the protest movements and all this kind of thing. I mean, I think you, you you've had Goodison Park as a as a collective 
you know, more or less singing his name last season. You know, we gave him the number 10 jersey. There's certainly been a lot of support from Everton and Everton fans. Um, and so had had he left under, under less of a cloud, uh, I think then his return would probably be a lot nicer than it will be now. It's unfortunate that uh, uh, the TalkSport have sort of released a tweet earlier where Simon Jordan was unhappy yes. with the way that um, Gordon approached it, which I think he did. I mean, you know, to, to, to treat the club the way that he did by, you know, being going AWOL from training uh, rather than putting that transfer request in up front and, and being up front about an honest and saying, look, I want to go and I've got this offer and I want to leave. Um, you know, I'm disappointed with the way that he did that. Um, but, you know, that, that that tweet said, as I said, Gordon, uh, Simon Jordan criticizing the player, but then all the tweets are about how the fans are calling him a rat, you know, and um, deserting a sinking ship and he reaps what he sows and he deserves all he gets and all this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's the unfortunate thing for me. But I think there has been support for him. And I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm wary of sort of saying that the fans turned on them just for an incident in the street there really was just kids you know just <laughs> just um acting out their frustration in a way that perhaps older heads might not have done oh yeah i'm not I, I, i'm not saying it's it's down to what happened on the street that this is kind of been yeah. bubbling bubbling away for the while hasn't it pretty much yeah since, pretty much since he didn't get his move at the end of uh, at the end of august really i think the form yeah it's probably not a big coincidence i suppose in that he, as Paul was saying, his first couple of games of the season, he was he was kind of where he left off last season. Maybe still thinking if I can stay playing well. I don't know if it's that if it's that subconscious, but still playing well. And Chelsea might put that up that bid or whatever was going on. And then that didn't happen. Window closed. Didn't get his move. Maybe he started sulking. Maybe he was, maybe he was disappointed. Maybe I don't know. Just mentally not there for whatever reason, you know. But yeah, and I think there's. Was, did he change his social media? Took his evidence stuff off his social media or something like that? I forget exactly, but um, yeah, I don't mm. know. It's, it's some, I just feel it can be with, with the way when like the when the Everton crowd kind of turn you a bit. There's not really often a way back, you know. What I mean? And that's um, the way it's been for players over the years. I mean, I just think it's sad, as I say, for like, like you know, local players. That it's it's kind of always the way with with our local players. Even like the players who stayed around the like Gosman and Hibberts. They got a lot of jip all the time, and they were they were great for us. Yeah, you know I mean, great servants. They were. It's always it seems the way. I don't know if it's like this for other clubs or not. I really don't know. But certainly, at Evan, it's like the the, the local players who, who tend to get the um get the, get 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 the brunt of it a bit. I was um I mean again, Ross Barkley left under a cloud, and that was different circumstances again. But I was shocked when the, the first came back when Ross came back and the the, the vitriol against him. Um, I couldn't understand people's disappointments, and it's what fans do. It's 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 the way it is. Yeah. It's almost pantomime villain at times, isn't it? Maybe maybe I shouldn't take it so personally. I hope the players don't. But it must be tough if you're an Evertonian and you played and whatever you move for whatever reason you want out for whatever reason you're like you're entitled to do that in life, entitled to change, and then you come back yeah. and get that. It would upset me, you know what I mean, and just uh, maybe getting a little bit too deep. And personal on this, but um, yeah, just uh, I just think it's quite sad, and especially for a 21 year old lad who come back next time, you'll get, you'll get quite the show. Well, Newcastle still to come here, aren't they, this season? So, yes, well, they are, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, April, right? Well, that could be a, a pretty uh, pretty tense time of the season as well. I think <laughs> every game is pretty tense for that <laughs> exactly. one, isn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hope, let's hope he doesn't do something like score. Jesus, that would be a number of years. So, uh, yeah, yeah let's wish him the best, but not against us, obviously. <laughs> so, now we come to um transfers. As I said in the intro, we've um, 
we've left our homework to the very last minute again, um, and even allowing for that rather unfortunate Dan Juma situation. Uh, L, um, how many do you feel we need to get in by 11 p.m. tomorrow? And how many do you think we'll actually get over the line? I think, real. you know, if you look at the squad, I think we need to, you know, to really push on. It's it's four or five for me. That sounds a lot, but that is genuinely. How many do I see? I could see maybe two or three. I am quite confident because we have, you know, we, I think, the club must have been looking. Must you know? You would, <laughs> you would hope yeah. that there are irons <laughs> in the fire. That you know, knowing that Gordon was likely to move, that they're ready now to move fast and to move through their targets. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of expecting one or two permanents for quite a lot of money, and then maybe a loan or two. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's. The wingers, where I feel we really need to, we need to strengthen and, and you know Neil Morpe maybe can can step up, but I'd like to see us sign another striker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's those attacking areas. I think defensively, I think centre back are absolutely fine. Right back, maybe not so much. Left back, it'll be interesting to see. You know, Mikalenko is a really solid defender. You know, if that's how Dice plays, then he should thrive. Ruben Vinagre, I think. I would like to see more of him. From what I saw, mm-hmm. I thought there was yeah. a few glimpses of quality uh, going forward. But yeah, it's 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 those positions are wide. It's and up front. If we get one injury, we're we're just very very short. Um, and I think you know, I think even Andros Townsend. I don't know when he's when he's back. But you know, I think I think that'll be a boost for us as well. But yeah, for me, if it, if you know, if this was a football manager game, I'd be going out buying four or five instantly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, this is real life. These deals are hard to do. But, yeah, I think my prediction is, yeah, two permanents and maybe a loan later on. Yeah, I think we'd all be delighted that I'll come out if it were to come to pass. You know, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if I, we, we do need another experienced striker. There's no question about that. Uh, yeah, I'll take your pump at the wingers. I mean, uh, we just don't use the flanks effectively. We, we don't use the width of the pitch at all. Uh, you know, when, when I was watching the Arsenal Man United game the other week, the way that they use the width of the pitch to stretch defences and create space behind the back four, mm-hmm. you know, it's something it's something we never do, so I'll build up so slow. Ruben Van Agre, that's a really interesting point, Dax. I don't know why he's not figured at all this year, because there's been some games when you thought, well, give him a chance. You know, Maybe he might be as good a defender as Mikolenko, but he might be better going for the putting the crosses in. Uh, I think we need another midfielder, uh, someone you know, with a bit more creativity. I mean, over the days of James Rodriguez, where Pascal take four defenders out of the game, you, know, you just we've missed that level of sublime creativity. We just don't possess anymore. Uh, yeah, so I think <laughs> it's always a gamble when you leave you know, your moves in the transfer market to so late. But there was one case under Martinez, I think, when we brought in on the final day, uh, we brought in Gareth Barry, we brought in G- James McCarthy, uh, we brought in Romelu Lukaku. So you know, you, you kind of hope for a similar outcome to that, if yeah. possible. And I was just making a note before of all the players who've been link- linked with since the January window started. So being linked, with ben, <laughs> being linked with Ben Johnson from West Ham now, yeah. We were linked with Felipe from Atletico Madrid at the start of January. Conor Gallagher, who's never going to come here, I don't think. Dan Juma, we've mentioned. Dango Utara, who's chosen Bournemouth over us, which is a real concern. Uh, we're being linked with uh, Guillaume Cordes of Coventry, if I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Sula Mena of Rennes. Ziyech of Chelsea. Mourne of Tottenham. Arnautovic. 
<laughs> who knows? <laughs> and uh, at the start, we linked with Duvan Sapasa from Atlanta. So you know, we've been linked with all sorts of various players of different ages, strengths, and nationalities. Uh, and I'd, I'd just be happy, you know, to go on what else said that every bring and four players, maybe two permanent signings, two on loan. And I think as well, I think I think we've all kind of agreed. No, it's not just about bringing the players in, which is going to help, obviously, but it's about improving the players that we've got and getting yes. a better level of consistency from the week in, week out. Yeah, which is what Daesh said today. You know, that's what he needs to do. I, I mean, you can add, there's um, that uh, Union Berlin striker that's been uh, linked yes, today. Yes. Um, yes. It looks like Ziyech is going to PSG based on the latest okay. tweets. Um, but yeah, it's been quite the uh, quite the spectrum of, of players that we've been linked to, hasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I don't really pay a lot of attention to any sort of rumours until, <laughs> until, until you see somebody like, I guess you buy the Belfield tree, but until you see somebody actually through the door uh, these days, it's hard to get too excited there's so many rumours. Um, and out of it, actually, is one which might go against popular opinion, but I, I feel like actually, if you mentioned an experienced striker coming in, or uh, someone like an out might actually help us out a little bit, actually. I think you'd never really want to sign an out permanently in a long deal because he seems to play well for about six months and then he's then he just kinds of down to us and wants his big move but if he was available on loan or something like that for like a, you know for for the rest of the season i think that would be a really good sign and actually um which is kind of risk-free and i think it just gives you somebody who can you you know can play well on his day um yeah similar feelings about who we should be signing and certainly wide players just yeah at least one yeah good wide player would really really help us out and Either, I think we probably need a bit more steel in midfield, either that or utilise the midfielders that we have a bit more. So maybe utilise Davis more, use the Corley more um, than what we have been doing. Um, you could argue they're not the answer anymore. Um, but if I just don't think Lampard's been using them, uh, use, using the squad anything like uh, enough. And uh, Vanagra certainly is a player I'd like to see more of because I think he's done quite well when he has in a few little, few little opportunities that he has had. So, you know, you assume that Frank didn't like his character or saw something there they didn't like. And this is what I talk about when it's a, when it's a clean slate. If you look around the squad, there's, there's, there's a fair bit there. So, yeah, I, I think two or three through the door. I think three would be okay. I think if they're the right ones. Um, so that's um, yeah, it's buckle up for the next uh, twenty-four hours. Think there'll be any outgoings over the next uh, the next uh, day or so? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, the name Holgate and Keane kept keep coming up, um, but we don't really have that many assets that we can lose. You know. I don't think Keane will be gone just purely because he, uh, in the interview today, Sean Dyche, uh, when he mentioned Burley Bay, he went, oh, Keno. <laughs> like he said, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. he seems to have a bit of affinity to him. So I get the feeling yeah. he'll be sticking around. But uh, yeah. I think I, so too. Yeah. yeah so, I agree. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Just one final thing, uh, Lyndon, on the new manager effect. I remember when uh, I interviewed Kevin Ratcliffe for my book and he was saying that when Harvey took over from Kendall, yeah. when you're a player, the big thing that concerns you is, does the new manager fancy me? So straight away, if you're getting picked, I mean, Paul, you mentioned before about Lampop at the same level week in, week out. The first question that plays mind is now going to be, does Deitch fancy me? Or is he going to go back and pick his Burnley favourite? So straight away, you put a bit of pressure on that team, which are like, you know, it creates a bit of uncertainty, but it also for players who, who aren't playing, gives them a bit of hope that it's a new manager, it's a clean shape, a clean slate. Yeah. Maybe this new boss will give me a chance. So be quite fascinating to see how that pans out. It will do. Well, fingers crossed for uh, 
a shock on at the weekend. A shock in our favor. Because yeah. <laughs> that would, I mean, the, the transformation in the mood that that would bring is, uh, and it's not, it's not impossible, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for our, our first birthday pod. Uh, you might have noticed that the way I changed the show, the show sign in. I recently resubscribed to the uh, All Together Now podcast and realized that Tony Scott starts each of his pods with Hello Evertonians. Uh, it was purely a co- coincidence on my part, but in the interest of variety, I've gone with Hello Blues for our second year. Uh, anyway, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it is a cross-transfer deadline day, and some of us are hoping to jump on again late tonight after the window's closed to discuss Everton's new signings, if we have any. Uh, as we record now, that pipeline looks worryingly empty as we've been talking. But uh, if there is a mad scramble for players and uh, we manage to get a couple in, uh, we'll do a repo- uh, reaction podcast on that. But until then, uh, my thanks to L, to the two Pauls. And as ever, thanks so much to you for listening and supporting the top uh, podcast and up the top of this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.